Good morning, everybody. This is James with 77 Financial Group. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance, where in the next 15 minutes, I'm going to get you excited about investing. Let's jump into it. All right, all right, all right. Happy Tuesday to all of you folks out there. Let's get into the quote of the day. It's from my main man, Peter Lynch. He was a mutual fund manager back in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s as well. Uh, Performed exceptionally well between 25 and 35%, I think, consistently over his 20 years. I think his average is like 28 or something. Um, but very, very bright guy, knows what he's doing, and I don't think he's a hoarder of information. I've read a couple of his books, and I think he gives away uh, a lot of his very intuitive approaches to investing. So Peter says this, the trick is not to learn to trust your gut feelings, but rather to discipline yourself to ignore them. Stand by your stocks as long as the fundamental story of the stocks hasn't changed or fundamental story of the company hasn't changed. So I need that right now. When I read that, I was thinking, wow, that that's applicable to me uh, because we all talked about this last week. The term sell in May go away. That isn't just for the month of way, uh, month of May. That whole sentiment kind of goes to like October, November. And so this whole part of the year is historically, not always, but historically, it's an underperforming time of year. And with the inflation happening, with you know Israel and Palestine, or Israel and Hamas having issues, uh, there's just a lot going on in the world. And it's just the time of year. It's not good for equities. It's not good for investments. So to just remember that stick to the game plan, stick to the purpose of why you invested in these certain vehicles and these certain companies, it's just encouraging because you can sort of fall back on that. Because initially, if you're losing money, right, your gut feeling is to, or not losing money. I, I didn't lose any money uh, this last couple months, but uh, there's definitely been choppiness. There's been volatility. And so when you have that uncertainty, it's nice just to remember that you have a game plan and you're sticking to the plan. So if you guys work with a financial advisor and you don't know why you're in the investments you're in, question that, question him, remember the purpose, stick to a plan. Okay, let's get into the news today, guys. Let's see what's happening. Global equity markets are mostly higher following Monday's rally as investors drift back to stocks across all sectors, including technology and inflation concerns are starting to subside. European indexes posted strong gains behind a better than expected manufacturing report out of Germany. Oil prices are backing off yesterday's gains and gold prices are drifting lower as investors embrace risk again. Even Bitcoin prices are back on the rise, nearing $38,000 after dropping below $30,000 over the weekend. Tesla CEO and crypto enthusiast Elon Musk said he had a promising conversation with the top Bitcoin miners about reducing electricity use. Okay, so if you guys remember what we talked about last week was that Elon wasn't going to accept crypto for Tesla purchases um, because the amount of energy it took to mine one Bitcoin was insane. It was like the same amount of energy that a Minnesota house in the dead of a negative 40 degree winter takes to get to comfortable levels, which I think it was like 70 degrees, which is still cold in anybody's household. 70 degrees is still cold. Um, but that's interesting, right? That he, now people are looking at him as sort of a mouthpiece for crypto. And so if he says something, the people who are mining it, right, they're using all this energy, they're coming to him and saying, hey, look, you know, if we can get you to to back off sort of your, your initial aggressive, uh, what is it? Uh, not resentment. It's abrasiveness, I guess, your, your abrasiveness to these cryptos, you know, will work on being energy efficient. So I, I enjoy that. I think that's um, a good idea as far as trying to get people back on that boat. 
Okay, let's go to the headlines today. So the first one is important. So everybody pay attention to this. Top U.S. banking CEOs, including uh, Jamie Dimon of JPMorgan Chase, are preparing to be grilled by the House and Senate committees on Wednesday and Thursday about why bank loans have fallen even as they are making record profits. I don't like this. I don't like this at all because I don't know what it means. If when I initially read that, it makes me think that the banks are saying, okay, well, we're just going to go invest elsewhere. So banks are, are notorious for really bad loans, right? But if they're not making those bad loans, to me, that must mean that they have a better, sweeter deal somewhere else. So I'm going to be paying attention to that. That's a curious thing. Um, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily a fan of that, but we'll have to see what their explanation is. I'm sure it'll be some very witty and applicable, uh, quotation marks, applicable reasons. Um, Okay, this one is also a big deal, guys. The group of seven economies, including the U.S., are nearing an agreement on taxation of multinational corporations, opening the door to a global deal later in 2021 to create new rules for imposing taxes of the world's largest companies. That is, honestly, I don't have an opinion on this because it's a direction that we haven't gone before. Um, But biggest companies, think Facebook, Amazon, Amazon. car companies that are international, they're going to try and establish this global tax. Essentially, this is kind of the first step into that direction, but what they're going to, what they're going to do is they're going to decentivize these companies from going to these seven economies, which is the U S is one of them. They're going to go to places like Ireland, go to places like Japan. We kind of talked about this last week too. Their corporate tax rate is like between 12 and 15%. I can't remember what it is specifically, but what they're, what they want to do here is have like a 25% tax rate, uh, corporate tax rate. And in some, some of these countries, including the U S they want it even higher. So I, I don't know what they're going to do with this money or why they think this is, is a good idea to, to tax the corporation. Remember if anybody, it's all top down guys. If mom and dad get taxed, the kids get taxed. If the kids get taxed, the grandkids get taxed. That's just how this works. I want you to think about it like that. Um, I know it looks like initially mom and dad are going to take the brunt of it, but it almost never works out that way. It's in, and there's also never been, I think Ronald Reagan has this quote, which is a great quote. He said, uh, the only thing that's harder to kill than death itself is a government program. So if this gets installed, it's going to be hard to remove if it doesn't work out. Uh, so keep that in mind. Okay, this is my favorite one of the day because it's a big, you know, stick it to the man, stick it to the banks here. Uh, fintech giant Square, and I'm, you guys have all used Square, I bet. It's that little uh, square, literal, <laughs> literal square that goes into uh, merchants' phones, and you can swipe your card. You know, if you've been to farmer's markets, if you've been to art shows, if you've been to, um, shoot, I think I saw a Girl Scout outside of uh outside of Safeway have have a square and I was like I thought to myself wow she's really she's really being efficient here um but it just it's just a transaction uh technology company but they are planning to offer checking and savings accounts uh kind of competing competing with the big banks you know Wells Fargo Bank of America Chase I love that more power to them uh let's try and get these get these banks to play a little bit more fair with individual customers. Okay. So let's talk about the main topic of the day, which is going to be Amazon. Look, we all know Amazon. And if I'm honest with you, I really missed the boat back in 2017, I think is when it hit a thousand dollars. I think it was 2017. Uh, I, I was thinking about investing in it. And in 2017, I didn't really have a lot of money, but I, you know, Amazon, I, 
everybody knows Amazon. It's going to be around, right? That is that is a staple probably in uh, Gen Z millennials' lives. It's probably just going to be around. But I thought at the time it was overvalued. I thought at a thousand dollars, I was like, "Geez, how could it go any higher? Like, what what are they doing besides delivering goods?" Well, they just bought MGM. Which, if you guys ever go to the movies, MGM is the one with the lion that kind of like comes out at you and roars at you. There's plenty of fa- famous movies with MGM. You got all the Rockies, uh, the Pink Panther, the James Bond movies, uh, Handmaid's Tale, and my mother's personal favorite, Legally Blonde. <laughs> um, they're going to pay like billions of dollars. Let me see how much were they going to pay. Um, looks like they're going to buy for $9 billion and they're going to take all their debt off. Guys, this is a big deal. This is the biggest purchase Amazon's had since buying Whole Foods. And yeah, if you guys didn't know, Whole Foods is bought by Amazon. So maybe we could have a conversation with with our boy Jeff about why uh, Whole Foods is so darn expensive. It's unreal. Um, but yeah, so this what, is this, what does this show me? Amazon is expanding. They are going to try and become a renaissance man, a jack of all trades. They're going to want to really stick their foot all over the place. And going back to what I was talking about, them being overvalued in 2017, I, I really missed the ball on that. I think the stock is at like 3,300 now, uh, somewhere in the 3,000s. Guys, that's impressive. This is still a growth company. And it scares me because it's so... It's so pricey, but it's not overvalued. In fact, I think this is quite a fair value for Amazon. Um, And hedge funds, I think in the last year, Amazon was like a top five most purchased equity. So even some of these big brain investors believe it's it's also a a growth company. Um, But it's it's a little it's a little scary just seeing them take over, to be honest. Uh, But we'll see how that goes. But some of the companies that they own that you guys might not know that Amazon is involved with Audible. Okay, Audible is the uh, book reading and podcast app, I think is that how you would say it. Uh, like my, my podcast, this is on Audible. People listen to this on Audible. I have Audible. I listen to books on Audible. So there's Audible, Twitch, which Twitch is a, a game streaming uh, app, guys. That's a big deal. Whole Foods, as we talked about, Alexa um, and Zappos. Zappos.com is for shoes, I'm pretty sure. And IMDb. IMDB rates movies and gives you all the information about movies when you Google someone's name. Adam Sandler, IMDB, it's one of the first things that pops up on Google. This is a big deal. Um, I think Amazon could go to the moon. I think it could uh, it could rise probably over 5,000 in the next five years. And I'm, I'm probably not going to invest in it specifically as far as in like putting like a, uh, a portion of my models into it. It's just too pricey. I, I can't justify it. Um, uh, yeah, I can't do it. But if people like growth companies and you want a stable investment, Amazon is probably one you want to look at. Uh, do your own research, though. Obviously, you want to you want to be as diversified and and as uh, to the plan as you are willing to risk. So remember that you want to be as risky as you are willing to risk. You want as much reward as you are willing to risk. Keep that in mind. Um, all right, last thing, guys, I wanted to share with you before we go is CLOs, collateralized loan obligations. I'm just going to touch on this because this is this topic obviously sucks and is boring, but 
a collateralized loan obligation. If you guys remember the movie, The Big Short, it was CDOs and it was mortgage-backed securities. And that was essentially just a bundle of people's mortgages and you could sort of invest in that. And as long as people's paid their mortgage, then you got money back. It was essentially a bet that people would pay their mortgages. And who doesn't pay their mortgages, right? Well, CLOs are similar in the sense that it's a loan, but it's from corporate, it's from corporations. So CLOs are securities made up of bundles of risky corporate loans and sold to investors who are looking for yield outside of the equities market. A year ago, as the pandemic was accelerating and corporate balance sheets shrunk as a recession set in, investors wouldn't go anywhere near CLOs. But after a brisk recovery, trillions of dollars in fiscal and monetary policy, uh, this has made them much more attractive to a broader group of investors. CLOs, guys, that's just debt. It's just someone saying, hey, I'll pay you this much money later. And it's corporations. And so what these banks are doing is they're bundling these loans together, even if they're risky, and then giving them a really good grade. Very, very scary. So uh, that is similar to what happened in 08, but at a significantly lesser degree. Um, but be paying attention to that CLOs. If anybody ever suggests you invest with that. So like if you go to a bank or like a credit union, they might recommend something like this. If someone goes to them and says, hey, you know, I don't really like the stock market, but I really want some good return or I want a higher yield. They would be like, oh, well, here, what about this CLO? This is uh, this is very high quality grade uh a debt instrument that you can invest in. Be weary of it. Be careful. Um, not saying there's a bubble, not saying these are bad investments. It's just something that I, it's just not something I would do because on the, on the face of it, it's like a candy bar. They make it look really, really good and really, really tasty. And it is at first. And then if you have too much of it, you get sick. And also if you have too much of it, you get fat. And also if you have too much of it, you get other things, autoimmune disease, sickness, etc., whatever it may be. But it's the same thing with certain investments like these. People can paint it up to make it look like whatever they want. But you need to know what's in these investments to really know what you're investing in. And advisors do a great job of giving clients just enough to make them feel like they understand stuff or that they're, they're investing in high-quality uh, products. And then whenever you know crap hits the bed, they're like, oh, well, you know, we didn't think this was going to happen. This was a high-quality investment, blah, blah, blah. It's there's never responsibility for investors as much as I wish there was. So keep that in mind, guys. That's it for today. Sorry for the for the rant there at the end. Uh, just passionate about making sure people get high quality advice that they understand. Do not invest in it if you don't understand it. All right, that's it for today, guys. As always, invest early, invest often. You guys have a great day.